Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Second Tier Podcast. I'm Ryan Dilks and I'm joined by the Jed Spencer at Middlesbrough to my Jed Spencer Forest. It's Justin Peach. Good day to you, Ryan. Justin Peach, fresh out the hairdressers. Justin, have you still got a receipt for that? That's not a very nice thing to say. What did I say? That you said well, firstly you don't get receipts at hairdressers because you you can't return it, obvs. Uh, and and secondly, you can't just say that after someone's just had a haircut. I don't know what you're assuming I'm thinking. I'm assuming the worst because I know, and many of our listeners will now know, especially if you've been with us for the last three years, that you are, you're not a very nice man. Oh, I don't know what gives you that impression. I always ask how you are, Justin. Justin, how are you? Uh, I'm not I'm not going to entertain an answer. Wow. Okay. As simple as that, eh? I'll just ask you how you are and throw it right back in my face. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the number one championship-specific podcast, the second tier. Thank you for joining us wherever you are. What we're going to do on the show today is we're going to go through each championship team and pick out a key player for them this coming season. We've tried to pick different ones. Justin um, gave me his list last night, so I had to hurriedly pick a couple of different ones after <laughs> after seeing his list. Um, but apart from that, I'm looking forward to this episode a lot because we can uh, talk about who is going to be the key players for each team. We're going to do it in two parts. So we'll do the first half of the teams in the championship alphabetically for next season in this show. Then next Thursday, we'll do the second half of the teams in the championship. Uh, but before we get underway, let me tell you, listener, about our friends at Fansbet, the fan-led sports betting company committed to supporting charities and causes which are important to fans. Do check them out by clicking the link in the description of this podcast and claim your 200% sports deposit bonus of up to £200. Terms and restrictions apply. Full details on site, 18+. plus. Please do gamble responsibly. Visit begambleaware.org for more info and do also check out Fansbet Responsible Gambling Tools. So, we shall kick things off, Justin, with probably the hardest team to pick a key player from for next season. It's, of course, Birmingham City. I say it's the hardest one because their squad is so extraordinarily thin right now that, in a way, I suppose it's actually the easiest because yeah. <laughs> there's fewer players to choose from. But because I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they did sign some players before the start of the season we may have a differently, completely different looking squad by the time things are actually up and running. Um, but Justin, who have you picked as a key player for Birmingham City this coming season? I've gone with Janino Bakuna. And um, I think given that the impact he made last season in Lee Bowyer's team, and Lee Bowyer's teams, we have praised him, we've also criticised him at times as well. They're not, they're not 
adventurous. They don't, you know, it's not a swashbuckling style of play. And Birmingham City are probably probably won't play that way next season under John Eustace. But given that Swansea were in for John Eustace last season before they appointed um, Russell Martin, you'd expect him to play some form of possession style of play. And I think Bakuna is going to thrive in that. He was very tidy on the ball. Um, he's very good with the ball at his feet as well. Um, and his ability to create chances and um, uh, and slice defences open with, with with his passing when he gets on the ball is, is is something that is really important. And I think I think that's something that goes unrecognised with him as well is his work rate. He's got a very good work rate. Or well, last season, he worked incredibly hard in that team. Um, and yeah, I, I think he'll be a big player. Even if Birmingham City do bring in a new squad, I think Bakun will be be a really important facet to to how Eustace wants to play. Well, Eustace, I remember when um, he was at Kidderminster and they were called the non-league Barcelona. They do play a nice style of football, um, a nice, interesting, um, exciting style of play. Um, How much they'll be able to do it in this Birmingham side, I'm not too sure. But Bakuna will be key to that. He, I remember when he was at Huddersfield, he had moments where he would pull off something sublime and you'd go, wow, what a player. But then equally, he had plenty of moments where he'd lose his head or just be completely missing from a game. Birmingham need him to have more moments of magic next season, um, whether it happens or not, only time will tell. I've gone for Scott Hogan as Birmingham's key player for next season. The reason I say that was because he was probably Birmingham's best player last season, although admittedly the bar was quite low in that respect. He scored 10 goals, which I don't think is a bad return for a striker in a side who weren't too far away from the relegation zone. And I think if Birmingham are going to have any chance of staying up next season. They need a similar return from Scott Hogan again. And I think if he does give that return, then I don't think anyone can point fingers at him and say he's not given his all for this team. Um, We know what he's capable of and he's going to have to provide the goals for Birmingham because I'm looking at the likes of Deeney and Jukovic, two players who I think are past it. Scott Hogan is probably past it himself. I don't think he'll be at his peak levels again, but he can still provide a healthy goal return for Birmingham. And considering that was a problem for them scoring goals last season, he's going to have to try and uh, fulfil his quota again for next season. Justin, what do you think? He's got to be as clinical as he was when he was at Brentford before he earned that big money move to Villa. Uh, he's never he's never hit those levels before uh, since then. Sorry. So I, I do. I am concerned that if Birmingham City do go into the season with Hogan, Deeney and Djokovic as their, their main forwards, um, and they probably will do because that's not a cheap front line either, wage-wise. Nope. They're on they're on a fair bit of money. So for that money and the return they get, I'm not overly convinced. But as you say, the options are quite limited with Birmingham City. Um, so Hogan might be, a bit, might be a fair choice out of the players you've got left. Essentially, they've got 16 players over the age of 21, and I think four of them were out on loan yeah. elsewhere last season. So, yeah, it's not a massive pool of players to us for us to pick from. But there you go. Let's go to Blackburn Rovers. Justin, who have you gone for from a John Dahl Thomas's John Dahl Tomlinson's revolution? Yeah, there's a lot of syllables in that name, isn't there? Yeah. It's going to be an interesting one <laughs> this season. Um, I've gone with, it may, might be a bit of a home run, but I've gone with the uh, the Dak man. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know, it's Bradley Dak. And, and the reason why is is the, the fact that he's his ability to score goals uh, and, and be a creative player in in a multitude of styles of play deployed by Tony Mowbray, I think is really important. Obviously, they've shifted from direct high pressing to possession 
And he's still been a key player for Blackburn. It's just whether or not he can hit the heights we know he can hit after his injuries. I think he can do. I think that period last season when he came back will act as a bit of a buffer period. But if you consider how John Dahl Thomason will want to play, um, in, you know, he's a possession style of football. I think players like Bradley Dack, who can operate in behind number nines and forwards, are absolutely pivotal to those systems. Um, because they have to play through the middle. They have to play in half spaces, and Bradley Dack is one of those players who can do that. Um, so for me, it's, it's, it's Bradley Dack, but again, unlike Birmingham City, Blackburn have got quite a few options that you can pick um, from, from their squad. Yeah, I remember when Dak came back from injury, and his return from injury kind of coincided with Blackburn's steady decline. And I saw many Blackburn fans saying he could spark us back into life. It didn't really happen, did it? We didn't really see the Bradley Dak that we all all know and love. Hopefully, we will see that player in the next season yeah. um, because I think he'll have to be back to his best for Blackburn to have anything similar to what we saw at certain periods across last season. So hopefully we do see him. I've also gone for a player um, who we saw two sides of last season, Ben Barrett and Diaz. Of course, first half of the season, 20 goals, clinical as anything, was one of the best players in the division. Um, then in the second half of the season, mainly due to injuries, but also a drop in form, I think he only managed one goal in the second half of the season, didn't he? So which Brereton Diaz are we going to see next season? If we see the Brereton Diaz in the first half of the season, Blackburn can be very optimistic about what they can accomplish next season. If we see the one from the second half of the season then someone else is going to have to pick up that burden for goals. But fingers crossed it will be the Brereton Diaz, the Chilean sensation Brereton Diaz, as opposed to Ben Brereton. Um, what do you think, Justin? I, I agree. I, firstly, I think I expect him to leave, but I do have my doubts as to whether or not he can replicate his form. I I, I do worry that Ben Brereton will return um, to... to you know, so it's almost like a split personality. It's Ben Brereton or Ben Brereton Diaz. Hopefully it's Ben Brown to Diaz, but controversial um, controversial opinion from me, I would sell if I was Blackburn. Strange. Strange how it works, isn't it? I was saying I wouldn't be surprised if Blackburn sold him in January. He goes and scores one goal for the rest of the season. <laughs> and uh, now look at us. Um, I haven't seen much in the way of transfer gossip, though, so who mm. knows whether he's actually going to go. But I'd say at the moment it's looking certainly look like he's going to be staying. Let's go to Blackpool, Justin. Who have you got for the Seasiders to be a key player? You don't have to ask this. I'm a I'm a Keshi Anderson super fan, aren't I? So I was always going to pick Keshi Anderson. And there are reasons why I haven't picked Josh Bowler. Um, firstly, he might be leaving. He has been rumoured to be linked with, with, with other clubs. Um, but for me, Keshi Anderson, and this might be biased, but I actually thought Keshi Anderson was more consistent and more reliable than Josh Bowler throughout the course of the season up until he got injured. Um, so I think going into to, for Blackpool in the season... I think Kesha Anderson's the key man. Um, he got eight goal contributions in 21 starts as a as a left winger last season or left left mid, left side of midfielder, um, and that's exceptional. And his ability to link up with the forward um, with the two forwards. However, he was deployed under Neil Critchley last season. He was always absolutely pivotal to how to how Blackpool got further up the pitch and how they played further up the pitch as well. And of course, he can do the he can do the spectacular as well. So for me, again, might be a controversial opinion, but I actually thought it was more consistent than Josh Bowler was last season from Blackpool. I could certainly see the argument for it. Um, obviously, he missed large chunks of the latter half of the season through injury, but before mm. that, he, he he was contributing plenty to the Blackpool attack, wasn't he? And I remember Josh Bowler didn't really contribute much in terms of goals and assists. 
And you could make a fair argument that it's because Anderson is 27 that he hasn't mm. been linked with other clubs. Maybe if Keshi Anderson was the same age as Josh Bowler, 22, he would be linked with other clubs. So I could definitely see where you're coming from with that, Justin. I've gone for Marvin Ekpeteta as Blackpool's key man for next season. Yeah, Someone yeah. I was waxing Liverpool about throughout the course of last season. Um, and there's a very good reason for that because he was absolutely class for them and has got significantly better in each season that he's had for the past five or six years of his career. Got to keep in mind, he was playing non-league football not too long ago and then has gone from League Two to League One to Championship in a very quick amount of time. And I think this will be the first season he's had in something like five seasons where he's played at the same level than he was the season before, which is quite remarkable when you think about it. But he's got to do it again. He's got to step up again um, because Blackpool, obviously they've lost Neil Critchley now how it's going to go under Michael Appleton, who really knows at the moment. But if they can get the best out of Ekpeteta again, then they won't have much to worry about at the back, certainly. Um, but yeah, he was one of many key players for Blackpool last season and I fully expect him to make the step up again because I think he's a really, really talented boy. Bristol City, Justin, a team you're feeling very excited about heading into next season. I'll start off with this one. I've gone for Cal Naismith as their key player for next season. I think it's pretty obvious why I've gone for him because Bristol City were an absolute shambles at the back last season. They conceded the third most goals in the division and if they hadn't have conceded that many goals, who knows what they could accomplish because going forwards, they were absolutely spot on. But they were an absolute disaster at the back and that ultimately held them back. Um, but Cal Naismith coming in, one of the best defenders, if not, actually I said he was the best defender last season and I don't think that's, my mind's really changed on that. They need him to replicate that form that he showed at Luton for Bristol City next season. And if they do that, then they could accomplish something quite mm -hmm. impressive. Um, I've still got my doubts because of the person in the dugout and certain areas of the squad needing strengthening, but without a doubt, that's a phenomenal signing from Bristol City. And if they get the same um, performances from him, at Ashton Gate then I think they could be really really good next season um, but it certainly plugs up one problem in their, in their side they've still got other areas that they need to strengthen to completely er eradicate the defensive problems they had but it's certainly going a long way to sorting them out who have you gone for Justin? Yeah I think Andy Vyman quite rightly got all the plaudits last season for Bristol City he was, he was absolutely unreal um, but for me if, if Bristol City are going to have any success obviously defensively they've got to improve but if, if they don't improve and they have to rely on an attack again like they did last season, because that was the difference between Bristol City being sucked into a relegation battle and and just you know, obviously being where they were, it, 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 they're going to need their attackers to step up. So Antoine Semenyo for me is, is, is the key player for Bristol City this season that there'll be a lot of teams um, on the lookout for. He, he scored eight and assisted 12 in 32 games last season. His link-up play with Vyman was brilliant and as Chris, Chris Martin grew into this season as well, Semenyo did... Um, um, Semenu did that as well uh, interestingly as well his, his finishing has improved massively and I don't think anyone can disagree with that you go back to when Fulham absolutely peppered Bristol City at Craven Cottage I can't remember what the score was but Semenu's two finishes were absolutely spectacular they were brilliant uh, and they were clinical and that's that's the side of his game that he's needed to improve and he has done that so for me it's, it's going to be Antoine Semenu and as I say He's going to be a big player. Interestingly, he might be out until September with a shin injury. So we might see just how much Bristol City are going to miss him in the first um, first few games of the season. Yeah, and also Andy Vyman was phenomenal in front of goal, wasn't he? I 
personally struggle to see him having the same clinical ability that he showed last season because we've Mm. got to keep in mind 22 goals last season he's got nowhere near that in the past so I think you'd be very optimistic if you were expecting him to produce anything close to that again so you need players like Semenyo to um, go again and be even better next season Um, he's got eight goals last season I think he had about a one in ten goal to shot ratio which is good but could be a lot better so I completely agree with you. Semenyo's got to be a key player for their next season, depending on whatever their expectations are. For Burnley, Justin, who have you got? I've got with Dwight McNeil, and there are a multitude of reasons as to why I have. Firstly, I don't think he's ever played under a manager that's allowed him to express himself creatively. He's always been a highly rated player since he made his debut for Burnley. Um, and at 22, he's at a key point in his career where he needs to really kick on. Numbers-wise, he didn't do anything last season was an important player for Burnley but uh, he, he could have he could have done better but the fact that he's played for the England under 21s under AD Bruford and obviously Sean Dyche under uh, Burnley he's just never been allowed to really express himself and what that is I don't think we've I don't think we've ever seen the best of Dwight McNeil um, and, and for me he's, he's an excellent crosser of the ball and I think Vincent Company, if he can get things right and going I think he's going to be an excellent manager for for someone like for, for for someone like McNeil um, and if as I say if he can get them playing I think he can be one of the best players in the division next season I have high hopes for what McNeil can do if he stays at Turf Moor don't think there have been any links so far um, it'll be a, a very expensive transfer but I'm very excited to, to see Dwight McNeil in the Championship next season I can tell you there certainly have been links Palace and West Ham have both been sniffing around apparently in the gossip sections but it wouldn't surprise me if he was sticking around at Turf Moor next season and if that does happen then Burnley have gotten themselves a quality player haven't they because he has been so highly rated for so long and I do agree with you I think we are still yet to see the best of him but he's still got plenty of time on his side and he to show what he is capable of I've gone for Scott Twine for Burnley I think it's a pretty obvious one again I'm just hitting hitting the obvious shots back at the moment aren't I but I think Scott Twine when you look at how poor Burnley were going forwards last season only Norwich scored fewer goals than them in the Premier League last season he has to help change that I was going to go for a striker initially but I really can't pinpoint who's going Mm. to be the number one striker for Burnley so whoever it is Scott Twine has got to click with them and produce a I'd be surprised if he did produce a similar tally to what he did in League One last season but if he can get double figures for goals and assists then that'll be good enough really won't it but they brought him in um four million quid which is by no means a cheap deal is it they need they're expecting they're clearly putting a lot of expectations on his shoulders to be a key man for them next season and I think that's they've got every right for that to be the case because he was so good for MK Dons last season Justin yeah I think that's the reason why I, I I haven't picked Scott Twine is because we know what Dwight McNeil can do at a Premier League level, and it's it's fine. Um, obviously, Scott Twine's got to step up from from League One, which he might not be able to do. That's the risk with signing League One players. It's it's an impressive signing, and I, I really do like the signing. But they do carry that risk of can they settle in a division? I remember Craig McHale Smith. It's an example I've used before, but when Brighton signed him for three million quid, they I think everybody was expecting they got they got the Peter McHale Smith where he'd hit twenty five a season. 
don't think he scored more than 12, um, which is not a bad return. But when you're paying three million quid for a player, you want a good return. And the thing that's you know, Scott Twine's going to have to step up. He's going to be he's going to have to be as clinical as he was last season, and that just carries a little bit of risk for me. Yeah, absolutely. I can completely understand where you're coming from. But from what I've seen of Scott Twine, he's he seems like a player who's been too good to be playing in League One for quite some time. Um, I say quite some time. Um, he's only been there for a, a season and a bit, but even then, he, he clearly looked too good for League One. And I think he's definitely cap- fully capable of stay- stepping up to the Championship. Um, and the thought of Scott Twine and Dwight McNeil in the same team is very exciting for me. But we'll leave that there. Cardiff City, Justin. I've gone for Ruben Colwell. Um, someone I tipped to be a breakout star last season. That didn't really happen, but but you, you can give him the benefit of the doubt because he is young. But I think it's got to happen this season. And that's because he's 20 now. He'll be 21 later in the season. If he's not having some sort of an impact at this stage in his career, then you'll have every right to start worrying. Because we have seen bits of the player that he can be. Um, I mean, he was called up to the bloody Wales squad not too long ago, so he, he's clearly um, capable of stepping up at this level. And he has scored a handful of goals and got a c- couple of assists here and there. But he needs to do it on a more regular basis. And hopefully that will happen. Hopefully Steve Morrison gives him plenty of opportunities in the first team next season. But if it doesn't happen, then Steve Morrison won't have any fear in taking him out of the side um, if it doesn't happen. So Cardiff need that spark as well. Their squad is seriously lacking quality. They have signed Romain Sawyers um, at the time of recording this episode. So I think that's a good signing. But still, there's plenty of areas across the park where I'm looking at them thinking they need players. Um, And Ruben Colwell will hopefully be one player where um, they don't need to strengthen but they need quality in the final third. Um, and I think they'll need more than just a good season from Colwell alone. But it will be a massive, massive help if he steps up, Justin. Without a doubt. Uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a brilliant player, Colwell. And he's one that I, I, I really enjoyed watching um, when he was on form last season at times. But you've got to consider that last season, he was playing under Mick McCarthy, uh, where creatively, as a creative midfielder, as one of those that can operate in and around the box as a number 10, you're going to be stifled at times. Um, but even so under Morrison, pretty... he he didn't really pull up many trees, did he? But that's a team trying to get out of a relegation battle. That's a team. That's a team that are doing any any means necessary um, to to get out of a relegation battle. He'd, and as well as that, he's he's not really been able to play off a, a number nine. Kiefer Moore's form in the first half of last season was 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 really poor for a variety of reasons. And then Jordan Hugo and Ushik Piazzi were the two forwards that came in. Did a job, but they're, they're players who operate inside the box. Big, burly players like to get their head on the ball, like to be aggressive. Um, can bring others into play, but probably not as effective as other players are at threading the attacks together. So I think Ruben Cole will, given the benefit of the doubt last season, um, I think he's a player that he will need to step up because Cardiff lack creativity. Um, but he's, he's one that I think has got more time on his side than, than perhaps you might suggest of course he's got time on his side but still if you're not you know if you're not having any impact in the championship at the age of 21 then I mean especially when he's been hyped up as much as he has then that's why I'd be starting to worry a bit about um how good he is and how capable Mm. he is at this level um Justin who are you having from Cardiff Romain Sawyers I love Romain Sawyers 
a hell of a lot. Um, he's a he's a West Midlands chavvy. He doesn't give the ball away. Um, it was a pretty easy one as soon as that signing was announced, just to shoehorn him in whatever way possible. And as well, one thing that I have worried about, I I think I you know I disagree with you. Openly disagree with you about college transfer window. I think their transfer window has been pretty effective, pretty good. They've they've plugged gaps so far. One gap that one uh, that has worried me a lot is um, is ball playing players, midfielders. Joe Rawls is is is. He's, he can do it, but he's not what they need. And and Andy Renamata isn't that type of player either. Um, Romain Soyes is. He's a player you can build through possession-wise. Um, and he's a player that I think any team who wants to play a possession style of play, they need a Romain Soyes in their side, which is why I'm surprised I've not seen him linked with many other clubs, um, especially with other clubs wanting to go down that route as well. So Romain Soyes is going to be absolutely pivotal to to Cardiff this season. Uh, a midfield three of Rinomata, Joe Rawls and Romain Sawyers that excites me quite a lot. Justin, let's have a quick break. After that, we'll talk about the key men for Coventry to Millwall. To the second tier podcast, we're picking out the key men for all the teams in the championship next season. We've just done the first quarter of the teams in the championship alphabetically. Here's the second quarter, and we'll start off with Coventry City. Who have you gone for, JP? I've gone with the Hamer Badger, Gus, Gus Hamer, Gus Harmer, however you want to pronounce it. Um, he's got the whole package as a midfielder. He can he can run, he can tackle, he can create, he can shoot his passing abilities amongst the best in the championship. For example, his, his ability to to switch play to to other wing backs really really helps Coventry um, create the you know make the pitch really as wide as possible, which um, which creates a lot of openings for the forwards. Uh, yeah, this, again, it's it's an easy one for me. For a midfielder, he averaged one point one point six key passes a game, which for a deeper lying midfielder is is really impressive, and he's a big reason why Victor Gilcares and Matty Godden scored the goals they did. Callum O'Hare, who likes to operate in tight areas, Gus, ha- uh, Gus Hamer finds him easily. Um, and for me, however Coventry want to play, it's made a lot easier by having Gus Hamer in a team. Yeah, Hamer is one of a handful of players at Coventry who you could easily pick for this list that we're doing, Justin. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's difficult to put too much hope on them because they've all been linked with moves away. And the player I've gone for is Callum O'Hare, another player who's been linked with a move away. I think he's been linked with Burnley very heavily. Um, But let's pretend that he's definitely going to be at Coventry next season. And if that is the case, then he has to contribute more goals. We all know what he's like. He's a brilliant dribbler, isn't he? And um, he's also capable of playing the cutting-edge pass. But it doesn't really convert well into goal contributions does it he got 13 last season which is all right but he's definitely capable of getting more because he's he causes so much panic in opposition defenders by being able to get into these dangerous areas it's the goals section in particular that I think he's really got to improve on because I think at one point I'm talking like three quarters into last season I think he had the worst conversion rate of Mm -hmm. any player in the championship um, because I think he managed, he only got the one goal and then managed to have a late flurry right at the end of the season. But he only managed to get the one goal from 
so many shots and that's not really good enough when he's such an important player for this Coventry team. So he's someone who's got to step up if he is playing in a Coventry shirt next season. But if he does do it, then they've got themselves at one hell of a player, haven't they? And if they manage to keep hold of the likes of Jokerez and Hamer as well, then you've got every right to feel, be feeling quite excited about Coventry City heading into next season. Huddersfield, Justin, who have you got for the Terriers? Yeah, Huddersfield are uh, an interesting case coming into this this season. I expect them to make a few more signings by the, by now, by at the time of recording. Um, but it's just been Will Boyle, Will Boyle, uh, who's come in um, the uh, the left side of centre half. Um, so Sorber Thomas for me is, is the easy one. Um, creatively, last season he was absolutely unreal. It was such a breakout season for him. Um, and you know, I don't want to get into sort of cliche bingo or set piece cliche bingo, but. Set pieces, his delivery is the best in the championship. I don't think there's any question about that. Last season, he averaged 2.1 key passes, um, a game which, again, for for a player who had to play wing back um, or as a as a, a attacking midfielder, I think is absolutely uh, magnificent. And obviously, he picked up 11 assists as well. So there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that Sorba Thomas is is going to be Huddersfield's key man, especially as as now they haven't made too many signings. Um, they're going to they're going to need him to to replicate his form because I don't think there are too many players in that team where I'm thinking, okay, you're going to have a better season than you had last season, for example. Sorber Thomas is one of them that I think can. Um, so yeah, he's, he's going to be such a vital cog to how how successful Huddersfield are next season. Yeah, the man I've gone for as a key man is someone you've literally just mentioned, Justin. That is Will Boyle. Because as we stand, he is the only signing that Huddersfield have made heading into next season. And I'm not too sure what their expectations will be as we start the next season. But if it is aiming for another push for the top six, then I think you're looking at someone like Boyle and you've got to expect him to have a similar season to that of Levi Colwell from last season because Colwell was so good at the back for Huddersfield. He was one of my favourite defenders in the whole division. But now that he's gone, they brought in Will Boyle at 26 years old. I'm not expecting him to be warming the bench. So I'm thinking he's going to be going straight into the team and filling the Levi Cobble sized gap that's been left at the back there. Um, big shoes to fill, which is surprising considering Cobble is so young, but <laughs> it just goes to show the performances he put in last season. And Boyle has got to make that step up in the Huddersfield team and uh, try and replicate the performances that we saw from Cobble last season, Justin. Yeah, you're spot on. And I think because he's come from a Tottenham Town team managed by Michael Duff, he's a defender, isn't he? He's a defender's defender. He will head it, he will kick it, and he'll do his absolute he'll work incredibly hard to do his absolute best to, to make sure Hoddis will get results. And that last season, that's that's where they were at at times. They 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 grafted and grafted and grafted to get results and clean sheets. Um, and they'll need to do the same again and, and Boyle fits that mould. So yeah, it's it's an interesting signing. So it'll be it'll be good to see how he steps up as well, because he's not played championship football before. Also scored quite a few goals for Cheltenham Town. Um which, considering Huddersfield were the set-piece kings last <laughs> season, I imagine um, Carlos Corbran will be hoping Boyle can get on the end of some of the Sober Thomas whipping crosses uh, that he puts in from set-pieces. For Hull City, Justin, I found this one a bit tricky because I was expecting Hull to be the busiest club in this transfer window. It's not really happened yet, but it wouldn't surprise me to see them go crazy in the next few weeks. Having said that, 
I can't say for sure who's going to be playing regularly for them next season. But Nathan Baxter, who they've just brought in in the past few days in goal, is probably the exception to that. He was astonishing for Hull last season. He uh, missed a few games through injury. But when he did play, he had the best save percentage in the division. Is that the best measurement of a goalkeeper? Some people will say not. Um, But if you are one of those people who say it is, then that's why you should be impressed by Hall getting back Nathan Baxter in goal. Um, young goalkeeper as well. He really, really impressed me in a Hall shirt next season, uh, last season. And I think this season, I still don't really know what the expectations are for Hall, but he's got to have another season where he's pulling off worldy saves and saving points for them um, on a week-by-week basis. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Nathan Baxter's one I'm Um, quite excited about Hall getting back in because he was so good for them last season and hopefully he can put in the same performances uh, once again in the coming 12 months. Justin, who have you gone for? Yeah, with with Lewis Potter probably on his way to to Brentford at the time of recording, that that, that would have been the obvious one. I've gone with new signing um, Ozan Tufan um, and I think the reason why I've gone with him is because obviously missing out on Jean-Michel Serri or it seems like they've missed out on Jean-Michel Serri looking at interviews from uh, Akonil Akali, they really wanted an orchestrator in that midfield to dictate how Hall play. And I think Tufan's going to come in and do that. He's going to be Hall's orchestrator next season. Um, and I think we're going to see a little transformation in terms of how Hall played, which is why I think Arvladzi needs the benefit of the doubt because I don't think he was able to really put down what he wanted out of the team last season um, because obviously he didn't have his group of players, didn't have a group of players that he, he'd put together. So now they've got that opportunity to do that um, I think Tufan's going to be one of those players who's going to who's going to need to step up. He can play right back as well, but I don't think they'd bring him in to play right back. They seem well stocked in that area as well. So yeah, Tufan I think is is going to be a key player for Hull next season, especially as I say they want to change the style of play and go down a different route. He's going to be important. Yeah, it's interesting that signing because I know Watford fans weren't too impressed with mm. in in the handful of appearances he made for them in the Premier League last season, but I suppose if he was brought in anyway to play Premier League football, then there must be a player there. So he's one of the players I'm really interested to see how they do next season, especially if he's going to play such an important role for the Tigers. Luton Town, Justin, who have you got from Kenilworth Road? I've gone with Corley Woodrow. Uh, it's absolutely no no doubt here. He was he was key for, for Barnsley. And I've seen a lot of Barnsley fans actually say he's not actually that good. I'm just like, I don't have a season ticket at, uh, at Oakwell but I can tell you that Corley Woodrow is so important the fact that Valerian Ishmael wanted to sign him Steve Cooper wanted to sign him for Swansea as well I think it just goes to show how highly rated he is amongst other managers in the league um, and it's uh, this might come across as disrespect to Luton but I, I expected a team with a bigger budget to come in for him and, and, and give him a salary to befit his qualities. He's such a good player at this level. Um, and the reason why he's important is because we've mentioned it before, he's a perfect strike partner for, for any forward in this league. Um, a key cog to that front three that Ishmael played at Barnsley, DK Morris and Woodrow Woodrow would drop in into um, into a number 10 position, a second striker position to allow space for those two to, to uh, exploit in behind. And I think they'll go down maybe a similar route um, probably more likely to be a two a two up top for, for Nathan Jones but still he'll allow whoever he plays up front with to express themselves to find space and score goals he's that sort of player he's, he's, he's a good player he's a leader as well really really important for Luton I think what you were saying about the Barnsley fans saying he's not actually that good is because he was just <laughs> coming off the back of a stinker season with Barnsley once it that was down to injuries yeah. Barnsley being shit 
but also a drop in his own form because for the longest time his goal conversion rate was one of the worst for any striker in the championship last season but you have got to keep in mind he scored 27 goals in the two seasons prior to that and he's now reaching his peak years and something we always say about Luton is that they're a unit aren't they Um, more of a unit than any other team in the division and you don't really get players standing out above the rest but it would be really nice to see a striker get 20 plus goals next season wouldn't it and I think Woodrow's definitely capable of doing that Mm -hmm. isn't he Um, it's all just about having the chances provided to him and him being on top form again. So it'll be interesting to see which Woodrow we get in a Luton shirt next season. I've gone for Reese Burke as Luton's key player. The reason I've gone for him is because of the departure of Cal Naismith. He was so good for Luton last season that they need someone else to step up in his place. And Burke seems like the obvious man for me. Um, it was a tie between him and Tom Lockyer, but I've gone for Burke because he is the younger of the pair. Now, of course, going back to what I was just saying, Luton don't really have players who, you know, stand out above the rest. Every single player gives a seven out of ten, and mm. it's just the norm there. Um, but it will be important for them to have players who do put in the odd nine out of ten performance. And Burke did do that on occasion last season, but not as much as Cal Naismith, who was just a class act at the back for Luton. Um, so they need Burke to step up um, and provide the same defensive solidarity that Naismith provided. Because um, they will be going for a back three again, I imagine, next season will Luton. So him, the likes of Lockyer um, and whoever else is going to be playing at the back for them, they've got to be absolutely on their game for Luton to have anything close to the season that they had last season. Do you agree, Justin? Yeah, I, I do agree. Defensively, they're, they're a really good side. And you, you can argue that it is it's probably a toss up between Lockyer and and, and Reese Burke, but you know especially if they deploy a back three, Reese Burke's one of those players who's very comfortable with the ball at his feet, um, and he's very uh, efficient in the air as well. He's he's a, he's a really good defender. Um, so yeah, it's no surprise there. And as you say, if Luton are going to have any success next season, players like Reese Burke have got to step up. He's been a good player at this level anyway for Luton. Last season, he was, he was more than capable enough at performing, but as you say, got to step up. For Middlesbrough, Justin, that's the next team we've got. A quick disclaimer for me, I would 100% put a striker as Middlesbrough's key player for next season. By the time of recording, they haven't signed anyone yet. They badly need someone to be scoring goals regularly for them next season because that's one of the key issues that they had. But instead, I'll go for someone who's providing the chances for their strikers and I've gone for Ryan Giles when Middlesbrough signed Ryan Giles before they signed him I was excited about their chances of you know going for automatic promotion next season when they brought in Giles my excitement levels just got turned up a notch because Giles is such a good signing for them first of all he fills a big hole they had at left back they had Neil Taylor last season no disrespect to Neil Taylor he's a great pro but he's not the kind of player who's getting up and down the flank and whipping in deadly balls. Ryan Giles is that player. Um, Admittedly, he was a lot better in a Cardiff shirt than he was in a Blackburn shirt. But even then, he was. you only got to look at his numbers to see that he was providing regular chances for them. And he was one of the key chance makers in the division. I think he created more chances than any other defender 
in the championship last season. And he's got to do it again. But if they do get the same Ryan Giles that we saw in a Cardiff shirt in particular uh, next season, then my oh my, they've got one hell of a player. And if they have a striker who is going to score regular goals for them as well, then it's going to be a lovely partnership they're creating there. Plus, I really like the idea of Giles and Jones on either flank. That's oh, that's getting me excited just in <laughs> itself. But overall, this Middlesbrough team is looking really tidy all over the pitch now and the addition of Giles has made that even more exciting for me. It's just the goalkeeper and the striker where they need to add in certain areas. Um, if they sort them out, they have been linked with Zach Stefan from Man City, I think plus pretty much every other striker at championship level. Um, the Middlesbrough are looking very, very good for next season, Justin. Um, who have you gone for as their key player? I've gone with another lefty. It's, it's Marcus Tavernier. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind that he would have got double-figure assists last season if Spira, Connolly or Balogun could hit a barn door. Um <laughs> It, 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 the thing that let Middlesbrough down last season wasn't creative numbers. It was putting chances away and you, you, that, something that plagued them all season. You, I think everybody thought the likes of Connolly and Balogun coming in in, um, in January would have improved that. He didn't, um, unfortunately. And that's that's a, that's a massive shame. But Marcus Tavernier is the reason why he's been linked with a relatively big money move away um, from, from Middlesbrough is because of his ability to create chances. He's really stepped up, especially last season. We saw a consistent player who, who really meant business and he was good under Neil Warnock. He took his game to another uh, another level under Chris Wilder. I think the addition of Ryan Giles coming in as well will mean that he doesn't have to be deployed at left wing back. He can move centrally and be the player who Middlesbrough want need um next season he's he's going to be if he obviously if he stays at riverside he's going to be unreal i have absolutely no, no doubt in my mind if it's for example if they get someone like dwight gale in who is a proven goal scorer at championship level to will get 10 assists at the very least yeah the only issue is with this shout is that he has been linked with a move away hasn't yeah. he but if they he was so exciting playing in a more central role to what he has been used to um, in the past and he can provide that spark that um, they often need in the middle because I think they will be directing a lot of their attacks down the flanks last season um, and Tavernier can also help in that department as well because I mean he was playing at wing back on plenty of occasions last season as well mm-hmm. wasn't he so yeah I can see what you mean. It'll be very exciting if they manage to keep hold of him. I don't think it'll be the end of the world, though, if they were to lose him at the same time. Finally, Justin, Millwall is our last team for us to pick a key player for. Who have you gone for? I've gone with uh, big bad Benic Phobe. Um Gary Rowett pointed something out quite interesting. Um, he said he took him about six months to really get his confidence up last season. And we did see in the second half of last season, Benic Phobe massively improve and I think his goal return of 12 in 38 appearances it's not particularly exciting um, or, or groundbreaking but it's a good return for a player who is who has been out of form um, you know, a loss of confidence and and had a pretty significant injury um, and, and for me Benic Fobe I think he's that player that we will need because he's got he's, again he's one of those number nines he's got a complete package yeah, physically he can, we know what he can do finishing wise we saw him improve last season uh, as Gary Wright pointed out in the second half of last season he's a, he's a very good forward very good finisher and he's he's, he's surprisingly quick for a, for a big man to, to throw the cliche in there as well um, he's got absolutely everything you need and if, if Millwall are going to have any success post Jed Wallace Benicophobia is going to be really important to that what did you call him at the start of your monologue there? 
big bad Benicophobe. Big bad Benic. I he's, like that. Which is which is weird because he looks he's a really nice guy. I don't know why. He's a really nice guy. That. Yeah. Yeah. But he's kind of like a wrestler name, isn't it? Big bad. Yeah. The big bad up front. I like that. <laughs> Look forward to using that across the course of the season. Um, I've gone for Zion Fleming, a, a bit of an obvious one, but you and I have been quietly excited about Millwall heading mm. into the next season, haven't we, Justin? It will be a non-starter if Zion Fleming doesn't hit the ground running because Millwall have got this big Jed Wallace-shaped gap in their team now and Fleming, without a doubt, has to fill it. It's a big ask, but Millwall have invested a lot of money into this guy and Millwall aren't the kind of club who spend a lot of money, are they? So when they actually do fork out the cash for a player, they need to be really, really good. Um, and you'd have thought he would be really, really good because I don't think Millwall would be forking out the money for a dud player. So he contributed to 35 goals in the last two Eredivisie seasons, which is a promising tally. I don't think the Eredivisie is at the same level as the Championship, though. So... Fleming has got to make the step up to this level. Um, I think it's going to be a lot more physical than what he's been used to in the Eredivisie 2. Um, and he'll have to work his socks off playing in this Gary Rowett Mill side as well. But considering they've signed George Honeyman as well and they've got Benicophobe back, um, I don't think there'll be as much pressure on him as there was under mm-hmm. Jed Wallace to provide all the goals and assists. Having said that, he, that doesn't give him any excuse to not chip in with as many goal contributions as he can. So Fleming's a player I'm very excited to see heading into next season um, and how good he actually is. He could be absolutely sensational or he might not. Only time will tell. And there we go, ladies and gentlemen. This has been the second tier podcast. We've been going through the first half alphabetically of the championship clubs and picking out a key player each for them next season we'll be back again on thursday to give you part two of this but we'll be back again on sunday to give you a news roundup everything that's been going on in the championship including the appointment of john eustace at birmingham we'll talk about that plus all the transfer business that's been kicking off over the past few days boy oh boy has it been kicking off once again justin we're going to be very busy over the coming weeks but it's not long now until the season kicks off again and I can't bloody wait Um, thank you as always for your continued support even though it is pre-season there isn't much football going on at the moment we continue to bloody love each and every one of you that listens week in week out to each one of our episodes and we will continue to provide you with plenty of content as the season begins to kick into gear but this has been the second tier podcast we'll be back again on sunday i've been ryan dilks i've been justin peach and thank you for listening Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.